Good morning. Welcome to Train Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. I'm Scott George, your very froggy announcer for the Transfiguration of Our Lord. Reverend Jake Sletton will deliver today's message. Reverend Jake Sletton will deliver today's message. Assisting in the worship service is Organist Miss Susan Senator. Today's order service is at Trinity1874.com. Radio broadcast today is sponsored by funds donated to the radio ministry of Train Lutheran Church and dedicated to the glory of God. May God bless us as we worship together.
Okay, good morning, everyone. For those of you just coming in, if you wouldn't mind to sit on this side, we have the microphone over here so that everybody who is listening on the airwaves can hear your lovely voice. So come on in and have a seat on the lectern side. Very well. And thank you to those of you who uh, braved the difficult roads. Hopefully they weren't too bad and you arrived uh, safely, obviously, and in one piece. For those listening on the airwaves, uh, we pray that your time here with us in worship is a blessed one. And so let's begin our worship today with a word of prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for today, this Lord's Day. And Lord, we thank you for the gifts that you have prepared for us here through word and sacrament. And Lord, we thank you that we will receive, too, the forgiveness of our sins. Uh, And Lord, how wonderful of a gift that you have given to us, that you sent your only begotten Son to die on the cross for us, uh, to to take our sin uh, upon himself and then rise again three days later so that we might, too, rise with him as well. Bless us now as we worship here. Give us a zeal for your house of worship today. In Jesus' name, amen. Please stand. the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. O Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities with which I have ever offended you, and justly deserve your temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for this, and sincerely repent of this, and I pray you of your boundless mercy, and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter, suffering, and death of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a poor sinner. his son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. So then in the stead and by the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, I therefore forgive you all of your sins, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Opening hymn is Lutheran. O morning star, how fair and bright, hymn 395, verses 1 through 3.
Blessed are those who dwell in your house. How lovely is your dwelling place. My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. Behold our shield, O God. The Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Spirit, as it was at the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O God, in the glorious transfiguration of your beloved Son, you confirm the mysteries of the faith by the testimony of Moses and Elijah. In the voice that came from the bright cloud, you wonderfully foreshowed our adoption by grace. Mercifully make us co-heirs with the King in his glory. To bring us to the fullness of our inheritance in heaven. In the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated. The Old Testament lesson is being read by a trained Lutheran Church student, Mackay Kleibaker. The Old Testament reading comes from Deuteronomy 34, 1 through 12. Then Moses went up from the plains of Moab to Mount Nebo to the top of Pisgah, which is opposite Jericho. And the Lord showed him all the land, Gilead, as far as Dan, all Naphtali, the land of Ephraim and Manasseh, all the land of Judah as far as the western sea, the Negeb and the plain, that is the valley of Jericho, the city of the palm tree, as far as Zor. 
And the Lord said to him, This is the land of which I swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to your offspring. I have let you see it with your eyes, but you shall not go over there. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord. And he buried him in the valley of the land of Moab, opposite Beth Por. But no one knows the place of his burial to this day. Moses was 120 years old when he died. His eye was undimmed and his vigor unabated. And the people of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days. Then the days of weeping and mourning for Moses were ended. And Joshua the son of Nun was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands on him. So the people of Israel obeyed him as and did as the Lord had commanded Moses. And there has not arisen a prophet since in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. None like him for all the signs of the wonders that the Lord has sent him to do in the land of Egypt, to Pharaoh and to all his servants and to all his land, and for all the mighty power and all the great deeds of terror that Moses did in the sight of Israel. This is the word of our Lord. We continue with the gradual. Praise the Lord, all nations. For great is his steadfast love toward us. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. The epistle lesson is being read by Cordell Blair. Therefore, holy brothers, you who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession, who is faithful to him who appointed him, just as Moses also was faithful in all God's house. For Jesus has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, as much more glory as the builder of a house has more honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Now Moses was faithful in all God's house as a servant, to testify to the things that were to be spoken later. But Christ is faithful over God's house as a son, and we are his house, if indeed we hold fast our confidence and our boasting and our hope. This is the word of our Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the ninth chapter. Now about eight days after these sayings, he took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. And as he was praying, the appearance of his face was altered, and his clothing became dazzling white. And behold, two men were talking with him, Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and those who were with him were heavy with sleep. But when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. And as the men were parting from him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. 
not knowing what he said. As he was saying these things, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. And a voice came out of the cloud, saying, This is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. And when the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. And they kept silent and told no one in those days anything of what they had seen. This is the gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. Uh, at this time, I'm going to invite all of the young disciples who are here today uh, to come forward for the children's message. Now is a good time to bring up your offering, your Mighty Mites, as well. The children's message today is by Pastor Sletton and is on Transfiguration. Okay, you guys can, yeah, just do what you're doing. Turn around and face me. Okay. How are we today? Good. Good. Okay. Today in the gospel lesson is a very peculiar, very interesting story. It's the story of when Jesus was transfigured before his disciples. And what that means is, is just what the gospel text read, that his, that his face was altered, that it changed, and it became a dazzling white, and his clothes shone whiter than any, any bleach anybody could ever hope to wash them. They were so bright. And it was really something, because the disciples were obviously very, very shocked by this, right? And so they really had seen something that they really couldn't believe had happened, and they saw it right before their very eyes. Have you guys ever, ever seen, raise your hand if you've ever seen something, but couldn't believe what you were watching as you were seeing it? For me, there are several moments in, in my life that I can remember seeing something that I just couldn't possibly believe, but there are, th- uh, there are three moments in particular that stand out. The first was when our son MJ was born, and the second was when our son Bradley was born, and the third was when our daughter Emma was born. Because it's kind of crazy, right? So for, for, for nine months, you wait and you wait, and you wait, and you wait, and you try to come up with a name to name this, this child, and what are they going to look like, and you're praying for this child, and then before you know it, in your arms is a little human being. And it's really something. It's really an amazing thing. It's just, it's just this little human being, right? And you get to hold it, and you get to kiss it, and, and hug it, and snuggle it, and all of these really fun and wonderful things, but it's just an amazing sight to behold. Okay? But it was through that amazing sight, specifically through the amazing sight that the disciples saw when Jesus was transfigured before them, when they saw something that they just couldn't believe. It was through that sight that Jesus, kind of like what we talked about last week, that Jesus continued to work good. And the good that Jesus was working was said by the Father who spoke down from heaven. And do you remember what the Father said about Jesus? Do you remember? Yeah. This is my son. Listen to him. That's what the Heavenly Father said. And so that's what we're going to be talking about here in just a few moments, okay? Will you guys put your hands together and repeat after me? Dear Jesus, thank you 
for working the impossible in my life. Thank you that you went to the cross and rose again for me. We love you, Lord. Amen. Thanks for coming up, and you guys can go back and sit with your folks. The congregation will continue to sing the hymn of the day. The hymn of the day is, "'Tis Good Lord to Be Here," on page 414, hymn 414. Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Grace and mercy and peace be yours this morning from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for this morning's meditation is actually both from the Old Testament as well as from the gospel lesson that was just read a few moments prior. It was game one of the 1988 World Series. It was the bottom of the ninth, two outs, and if you remember what happened, Gimpy Kirk Gibson limps to the plate. He had wrecked both of his legs in the previous series, and Tommy Lasorda, who was the manager of the Dodgers at that time, said and thought, that they needed a lift, and, they, and he chose Kirk to go up there and to bat. And Kurt had worked the count. The Dodgers were down four to three, and there was one, there was one man on. He had worked it to a full count, and on the seventh pitch, Gibson swings, and he reaches, and he hits a home run, and the Dodgers win. 
And that famous call by Jack Buck was then said and heard. He says, I can't believe what I just saw. Several years ago, I, I went to a Christmas party. And at that Christmas party, there was a magician that was there as part of the evening entertainment. Now, usually magicians, they do some pretty cool stuff, but usually most of the stuff that I've seen is a lot of the stuff that I've seen before. And it's still neat, but it doesn't quite have the same spice to it, right? Until this particular magician takes a table out. It's about, it's about this big around, and he puts a cloth over the table, and before I know it, the table is floating. I don't know how he did it. I have no idea how he did it. I couldn't see a string that he was somehow holding. The table was just floating, and not just like a little bit above the, above the ground, but it was about this high, and it was just sort of floating in front of the magician. Still don't know how he did it, and I certainly couldn't believe what I just saw. In the case of Moses and Elijah, the two men present with Jesus during this amazing scene, God made sure that when they were living their lives here on earth, God made absolutely sure that they and the people that they were charged to lead and prophesy to, that they were paying attention. If you remember with Moses, perhaps his most famous scene or the most famous thing that happened to him was the burning bush. And it's really neat because if you read the original Hebrew, the English doesn't quite give what Moses says justice to when he saw this burning bush. God says for Moses to take his sandals off because he is standing on holy ground. And Moses looks at, at the bush, and I can't tell you to this morning exactly what he probably said, but nonetheless, he said something to the effect of, holy blank, a burning bush. He couldn't believe it. It was this bush that was burning, but it wasn't, on, it wasn't burning up. It wasn't going anywhere. Or there wasn't any ash. It was just this bush that was burning. And so, of course, we know after that that God chooses Moses to lead his people, to lead them through the waters, and to get there on dry ground and on safe ground. But, of course, we remember, too, that Moses did not want to do this at first. And Moses, throughout his leading of God's people, had really failed several times. There was at one point when the people are crying out, for something other than manna. And God go, I'm sorry, and Moses goes to God and says, "Why did you give me these people? All they do is whine, all they do is complain." If this is how and this is what he says, and I would not recommend this to anybody else, but this is what he he said. He said, "If this is how you're going to treat me, then just kill me." Because I can't I can't stand it and I can't take it any longer. And of course, God provides for his people. He says that I have heard my people's cry, and he gives them instead quail as, an, as I guess, uh, a different option to eat other than manna. 
Interestingly, in the Old Testament lesson for today, God brings Moses right to the cusp of entering into the promised land. So close. And yet God says, here you will go and you shall go no further. Because he had been disobedient with God in the past. And so Moses sees everything that is before him, all of the land that that God had promised to his people. And so Moses sees it. He is not allowed to go in, but yet God continues to work good, and the people go into the promised land. The other man that was standing there with Jesus was Elijah, and perhaps the most famous story that we can Uh, that we usually remember with regards to Elijah is Elijah and the prophets of Baal. And if you remember how that story goes, Elijah goes on top of, interestingly enough, he goes on top of a mountain. He calls all of the people to go with him. And he says to these prophets of Baal, I'll make you a deal and let's prove whose God is the real God and let's prove whose God is the only God. And so Elijah tells them, build yourself an altar and put a lot of sticks on top of it. And whichever God listens to us and sends fire down upon this altar, then we will know who the real God is. And so the prophets come around this makeshift altar and they are hollering out, and they are crying out, and they are asking Baal to come down and, and to prove that he is God. And then in a few verses after that, Elijah begins to sort of make fun of them. And he says, well, maybe your God can't hear you. Shout louder. And so what do they do? Well, they shout louder. And then he says, well, well maybe your God just, just isn't in the room at the moment, and maybe he can't hear you. So shout louder. And so they continue to shout louder, and nothing happens. And then Elijah, it's his turn. And to prove his point, so that all of the people who are standing there believe, to prove his point, he not only will call upon Yahweh, the God of Israel, the only God, to rain down fire upon this altar, but he asked them to pour water on it first. And there was so much water on it that that the entire altar is completely drenched. And God's, and Elijah calls to God to prove to everybody who is there that they would pay attention to this site. And God sends down fire, thus proving that he is the only God, that the Lord, Yahweh, is God. And then we come to the disciples, Peter, James, and John, that had gone up onto this mountain with Jesus, and they see him there transfigured before them. An incredible display of glory, and an incredible display of might and power. Jesus' face, the gospel that we just read, Jesus' face is altered. It has changed. His face becomes a dazzling white, and his clothes become whiter than, than, than any bleach anywhere could ever possibly hope to make them white. And Peter, as we have 
learned and said before. Peter, impetuous Peter, he doesn't really know what to say after what he has just seen. He says, well, let's, let's, let's build some houses. Let's build some shelters for you, for Moses and Elijah. But God the Father has one message and one message only for those disciples. This is my son. Listen to him. And so there are three things with this rather odd but important story with regards to the transfiguration. There are three things that we are supposed to pay attention to. Number one is the fact that Jesus is greater than Moses and Elijah. And this is important because Moses and Elijah, well, they just didn't have the goods. They couldn't do what Jesus did. As we said before, Moses was hesitant. At the very first, when God calls him to lead his people, he comes up with all of these different excuses for why he should not be the one selected to choose God's people. And then finally God just gets frustrated with him and says, go find your brother. I know that, that, that he can speak well. And if we think that Elijah was free of any kind of failure, well, then we need to remember that immediately after this scene with the prophets of Baal, the queen, Queen Jezebel at that time, calls for Elijah's head, and she wants him dead. And so what does he do? He runs away. He runs away so that he can't be found, but of course God is the one who finds him and leads him on. So number one, Jesus is greater than Moses and Elijah. Number two, the second thing that we are supposed to pay attention to is that the glory that we see Jesus transfigured in is a precursor, it is a foretaste of the glory that is yet to come. The glory of Jesus will be ours. It will be our future glory. Psalm 51 verse 7 says this, Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. The language kind of reminds you about how Luke described how Jesus looked, right? That he was, that his clothes were whiter than any, than anybody could ever possibly hope to get them. That his face was brighter and whiter than anything that they had ever seen before. And still this verse from St. Paul from Philippians chapter, uh, chapter 3, verse 21, he says, who will transform our lowly bodies, Jesus, who will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. You see, none of us, if we have a Facebook page, none of us put pictures of ourselves on our Facebook of when we're looking at our worst. Perhaps right when we wake up or something else, no. No. But even the best, the best way that we try to make ourselves look, it will be nothing compared to the future glory that awaits us on the last day when Jesus will return and the resurrection happens. And and as Paul says here, he will transform our lowly, sin-filled bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. And then finally, the third thing that we are supposed to pay attention to, perhaps it is the easiest to decipher because the Father says it himself. 
This is my son. Listen to him. It was made perfectly clear to the disciples, Peter, James, and John, it is met, it, and it has been made perfectly clear to us as well. Remember that in, in the Gospels, that Jesus is the voice that we listen to. He calls himself the good shepherd, and he says, my sheep know my voice, and they listen to me, and they follow me. We listen to Jesus because he is the chosen one. We listen to Jesus because two separate times in the Gospels, this episode happens where the Father speaks down from heaven. The first time was when Jesus was baptized by John. And he said, this is my beloved son whom I love. This is, this one, this Jesus is. And then on the mountaintop with Peter, James, and John, Moses, and Elijah present, the Father says, this is my son. Listen to him. Jesus is the chosen one. Jesus is the Messiah. We listen because he, as Peter says, he has the words of eternal life. We listen because there is no other name, as Paul says, there is no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. No other name under heaven by which we are saved. And finally, we listen to Jesus because it was Jesus that went to the cross. We listen because when he went to the cross, unlike Moses and Elijah and like every other prophet or judge or king before him, Jesus didn't fail. We listen because there is nothing that can separate us from the love of Christ. We listen because it, was he, because it is he that we are called to cast all of our anxieties upon. And so let us listen to Jesus. Let us block out all of the other voices and let us listen to the one whose voice has the words of everlasting life. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand. <clears throat> we now confess together the words of our Christian faith. We do so using the Apostles' Creed. It is found printed in the back cover of your hymnal. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life of the last. Amen. Please be seated. At this time we will gather our tithes and offerings, and you will notice that the Ushers today are going to look a little bit different. They are students from our school, uh, as today begins National Lutheran Schools Week, and so they will be uh, helping us to collect our offering. We do so now. As Pastor said, this is National Lutheran Schools Week, raising up our next generation of faithful Christian disciples. 
There's 87 high schools, 778 elementary schools, and 1,127 early childhood centers. So sharing the life-changing message of Jesus' love with more than 200,000 students, their families, and their communities. As part of Lutheran Schools Week, today is uh, the Chili Supper over at uh, the school that's still going to be held in the Fellowship Hall. A free will offering supports the 8th grade class. Well, if you can't be there today uh, to enjoy that, that beautiful food, be sure and leave a donation with the school to help the 8th grade. Capping the week on March 8th is the school carnival. Dinner starts at 5.30, games and silent auction at 6, live auction at a new time at 7 o'clock. The last thing in the school is the, the Trinity Lutheran School is seeking a middle school teacher for the next year, also looking for a custodian. Days and hours are flexible, I presume that's for the custodian. For more information, call 235-5931 to request an application. Those are due March 8th. Church news, men's Bible study meets at 8 a.m. Wednesday morning in, in the Narthex. Several ladies' Bible studies meet during the week. For more information, call the church office, 417-235-7300. We now join our service in progress. Let us pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Father, we give you thanks for this day and the opportunity to worship you in this place. Thank you for the gifts of Moses and Elijah, who led your people Israel in ancient times, their message and leadership that inspires us to this very day, their message of truth and the promised Messiah. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for the sick those who struggle with emotional or spiritual issues, those who are hospitalized, those who will be undergoing surgery, those on the road to recovery. We think of Melba, Landreth, Janice, Carol, Oren, Ethel, Joan, Addison, Steve, Becky, Wayne, Bob, Mark, Lauren, Gary, Emma, Bob, Brenda, Rosemarie, Arlene, Bob, John, Mary Ann, Debbie, Eldred, Mary, Fred, Lisa, Ramona, Maxine, Jen, Catherine, 
Jessica, Bonnie, and Deborah, as well as all those that we now name in our own hearts. Heavenly Father, you are the great healer. Be with those who are currently dealing with these conditions or issues, and if it be your will, heal them completely and give them a sense of your presence during these difficult times as they reach out to you for comfort. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, Heavenly Father, you instituted holy matrimony, blessed and honored it with the presence of your son at the marriage at Cana in Galilee, and even now continue to protect and preserve it. We thank you for the fatherly love and grace which you have bestowed on all those celebrating their Christian union through their marriage. Continue to be with them, Lord, until the end of their days, even as you have guided them in the past. Be their health, strength, refuge, and life as they serve as an example to all who honor your blessing of marriage. Lord, in your mercy. We give thanks, O Lord, for the many blessings you've bestowed and given to your servant, Lena Brammer, celebrating her 90th birthday especially for bestowing on her length of days in this present life. God, that she may always know your loving kindness, abide in the confession of your name, and but trust each day in your gracious care and protection. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for our leaders who hold positions of service nationally, in our state and our local communities, as well as the leaders of our own Lutheran Synod. Father, these people have accepted the responsibility of leadership as part of their commitment to serve. Send your Holy Spirit to give them true wisdom, to govern in a way that glorifies your name. Keep them mindful of those who cannot speak for themselves, especially the unborn. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for all the brave men and women who serve in the military, especially those who serve in the most dangerous places. We lift up to you in prayer David Hessman, who was deployed overseas, as well as his wife Melissa and the children. We also think of all first responders, police, fire, and emergency personnel. Father, we pray that you will send your heavenly angel to watch over them, to protect them against all harm, strengthen and encourage them so they can remain strong and courageous. Lord, in your mercy. We offer up a special prayer for the National Lutheran School Week for our teachers and students. Lord God, Heavenly Father, you sent your son Jesus to this sinful world to save us from our sinfulness. He lived the perfect life for us and gave us the perfect example of a master teacher. Thank you for the gift of faithful teachers who explain the word to children entrusted to their care, leading them to knowledge of your truth. You have called teachers and students alike to serve you in your kingdom, and you alone empower them with all the gifts they need in their blessed vocations. Continue to bless all teachers and students, guiding them along the path of righteousness for your name's sake. Lord, in your mercy. God of all grace and mercy, you have called us by name to be your disciples, to be children who love and obey you. As we head into this Lenten season, continue to lead this congregation of yours in ways that are pleasing in your sight. Help us find the time to be in your word, to reach out to you in daily prayer, to be a witness to the truth. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. The Lord be with you. 
Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is truly meet, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who at his transfiguration revealed his glory to his disciples that they might be strengthened to proclaim his cross and resurrection, and with all the faithful look forward to the glory of life everlasting. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud, and, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Lord's Supper is God's gift for Christians who are properly taught. In communion, we want people to receive Christ's body and blood for their good. This means that as you come to the Lord's table, you affirm with each communicant that Jesus is your Savior and Lord, and with Lutheran Christians, you confess, I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior from sin, Satan, and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacrament, and none of the form of the bread and wine. I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith in life. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples and said, Take eat, this is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also we took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
First communion hymn is Let Us All Praise Our God, hymn 389, hymn 389. Next hymn is Love Divine, All Loves Excelling, Hymn 700, Hymn 700. 
Please stand. And now may this, our Savior's body and blood, strengthen and preserve you in the one true faith until life that is everlasting. Depart in his peace and joy. Amen. Give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy that you would strengthen us through the same, in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord be with you. Bless we the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace.
Just a few announcements before we, okay, I won't, I won't lie. I actually have a lot of announcements. Um, so get comfortable. No, uh, uh, first of all, I was asked to let everybody know that the open house birthday celebration for Lena Bremer is still on. I believe it is at 3 o'clock uh, over in the Freistadt Lions Club. It is, so that is still going on. Uh, do not forget that this coming Wednesday night is Ash Wednesday, 7 p.m. here in the sanctuary. Uh, our, our, uh, our school's carnival uh, is this coming Friday. The dinner is from 5.30 to 7. Uh, at 7 o'clock, the live auction will begin, so the schedule is just a little bit different than, than years past. Uh, and 6 to 8.30 are games as well as the silent auction as well, so that is this coming Friday. Please plan to attend. The second annual uh, Trinity Lutheran School 8th grade class chili cook-off and dessert auction is today after worship. We will uh, pray for that in just a few moments. The Trinity Lutheran Church directory for 2019 is being updated. This is the last chance to get any changes in the directory. Please call the office or leave any corrections that you have in the mailbox right outside the office. And Trinity Lutheran School is seeking a middle school teacher for the 2019-2020 school year. We are also looking for a custodian. Days and hours are flexible. For more information, uh, please call the school office to request an application. Those applications are due by March 8th. And uh, that is all of the announcements that we have. And so I pray that you all... Oh, let's uh, pray for the chili in just a few moments. We will pray the common table prayer together. Come, Lord Jesus, be our guest, and let these gifts to us be blessed. May our souls by thee be fed, ever on the living bread. Amen. I'll see you all over there in just a little bit. Have a blessed week. It has been our pleasure to bring you this worship service from Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. We pray you benefited spiritually from it and invite you to worship with us next Sunday at 10 o'clock. If you're not able to be with us in person, we invite you to miss it, listen by means of this broadcast on ChristAtRadio.com. We commend you to the loving care of our gracious Heavenly Father. May His love surround you and His mercy be evident to you in all things. Your announcer has been Scott George. <laughs>